And welcome to another episode of Quilt Buzz, the podcast featuring your favorite folks from across the quiltiverse. I'm Amanda of Broadcloth Studio, and I'm joined by Wendy, the weekend quilter. Hey. And our special guest, Pat of Hawaiian Quilts by Pat. Hi. Aloha. Now, before we jump into all our quilty fun today, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Pat? I was born on the Big Island. Uh, we used to call it the Big Island. Now it's called Hawaii Island uh, in a little town called Hilo uh, and lived there for probably my first seven years and then moved to Oahu, uh, which is where I live now. And uh, I ha- I'm married. I have three kids and six grandkids. And looking at your work, you know, we see that your area expertise is in Hawaiian quilts. So could you give us, um, give our listeners a little quick rundown on what makes Hawaiian quilts unique to other quilting styles out there? Well, first of all, we have uh, Hawaiian quilts for the most part are just two colors. You have your background fabric and you have your pattern fabric, but then you fold your pattern into eighths and you cut your pattern on the eighths then you unfold it and pin and baste and all of that the other thing uh, to me that i think is unique to hawaiian quilting is that there uh the quilting lines are called echo lines and we echo the pattern whether it's on the outside of the pattern heading out or on the inside of the pattern working in Um, And usually those quilt lines are measured by either your index finger or your pinky finger, depending on how far apart you want those quilt lines. But everything is done uh, naturally, I guess. You don't draw your lines. Some ladies, especially when they first start, it's hard to eyeball your quilting lines. So they might stick a few pins in, uh, in the line that they want and then quilt alongside them. But I feel like you should, you should just eyeball it and go for it because this is handmade, homemade. And, um, uh, unless somebody's going over it with a mic- microscope, <laughs> you're not really going to be able to tell. So it's meant to enjoy, not to beat yourself up about. So you mentioned that it's a very natural process. Are there traditional or like classic Hawaiian quilt blocks or designs or like motifs? So most of Hawaiian quilt designs are uh, flowers or plants. Um, There is a Hawaiian flag uh, that a lot of people um, want to make at least once in their lives. But I would say that the traditional pattern that every student of Hawaiian quilting should start with is the breadfruit pattern or the ulu pattern. But of course, as time goes by, everybody gets, uh, you know, there's a side of you that wants to be very traditional. But as you get into it, there's, as you well know, there's a side that you want to put your own touch to it. So, um, People have, will embellish a little bit, but a, a traditional quilt is is a, 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 like I said, a floral or a plant pattern, and 
hibiscus is is popular. Monstera is very popular. Anthurium, plumeria, uh, like that. It, it's but everyone should start with the ulu, which is, it's an easier pattern anyway. So that's what we start our students on. No one wants to scare a new per, a newbie off, you know. <laughs> you want them to enjoy the process, and you want them to continue. But the ulu was also very important to Hawaiian culture. It's it's an edible plant, so uh, it, it was a, a mainstay for everyday food. It, it, it also represents abundance and and uh, prosperity. So you want, there's a lot of culture, obviously, in Hawaiian quilting. And so that, that becomes a very important part of it. So how did you start quilting? Did you start, were you always working on Hawaiian quilts or did you start like as a traditional patchworker? I, I did. I started as a traditional patchworker and just, you know, sort of learned from books. Um, but I wasn't really into it, you know, just something as a pastime. My My mom taught me how to sew and I got tired of sewing clothes. And then my kids were, I think there were like 10, 11 and 12. And I just needed something to get away. So I took a um, Hawaiian quilting class and just loved it. And that was with my first kumu. A, a kumu is a teacher. Uh, that was with my first kumu like 38 years ago. And then I moved to the mainland for 10 years. We lived in Texas. And uh, I I really wanted to learn patchwork from someone who was a professional. Uh, and I found out that God bless it. God bless every patchwork quilter in the world because it's hard. <laughs> I And I found that for, for me, Hawaiian quilting was a little bit more forgiving. It let me put a lot of movement into a quilt. Uh, so once we returned back to Hawaii in uh, 17 years ago, um, I have only done Hawaiian quilting since then. So, you know, what do you think it is about Hawaiian quilts that keeps you coming back? Oh, that's a good question. Well, because so many Hawaiian quilts are inspired by you can just take a walk and and see a plant or a, f a flower that you like. But for me personally, it's the story behind the quilt. It's the reason you made it. It's um, the person you made it for. And uh, to me, that that's far more important than just putting some fabric together and and sewing it up. I've been very fortunate to in the past, say, 10 years or so, start doing commissions. And the reasons behind the quilts that people ask me to either finish, that their grandmother started or their auntie started, or that people ask me to make for them or as a gift for their kids, or it's just, it's to me, it's more interesting sometimes than the quilt. And of course, there then that imbues the whole quilt with a reason for being. That's so special to be even be part of that 
you know, it that is. story as well. It is. You know, to create that and to create that family heirloom as and, you know, be part of that whole process. Um, and usually, you know, when people do commission you, is it like, are you working on bedside bed size quilts or are you working on wall hangings? Like what sort of, pro- like what sort of size or types of projects, I guess, is what I'm asking. Um, all, all sizes. I like to work on larger pieces. I, I don't know why. I, well, part of the reason is because I can, I quilt in the corner of my couch. And so I, the way I, you know, and I'm sitting on my couch like this with my knee up. And, and so the quilt, it, 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 the weight of it itself helps keep it on the frame and it helps um, center it, I guess, uh, as I'm working on it. A smaller piece, like a pillow, there's nothing to weight it down. It, it's just very, you know, 20 by 20 or however size you make. So it, I have a, a, a harder time just, just feeling the, the, the fullness of it. I, I, I don't like to work on pillows. I've made so, so many. <laughs> so I like, and also with a larger piece, you can fit more into the design if I've designed it or if, uh, probably, 90% of the quilts I've ever made have been designed by John Sorrell. And his uh, his patterns are so flowing and 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 have so much movement. Um, but at, you can you can fit so much more into a bed-sized quilt than you can into a pillow. And you're you're hand quilting all on a on a on a hooper frame? Yeah, on a 14-inch hoop. Okay, cuz yeah, I I agree when it's a pillow it's so hard to adjust the hoop. Well, it, it's just, it has no body to it. It has yeah, no... Yeah, I, I, I 100% understand <laughs> what you're saying. I completely uh, Yeah, maybe you can that. say it better than I can. <laughs> no, I, I don't even know how to explain it. But yeah, it's just, it feels, it feels, I, it's a weird feeling not having that, that weight of the quilts all around and exactly. keeping the balance of the hoop and everything, even though it gets a little toasty sometimes. It's <laughs> <laughs> well, I have AC, so it's all right. Uh, it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's like a Furby bow toasty and like, why? Really, I don't know how my fellow uh, quilters, uh, some of them don't have AC. And I don't know how they quilt in the summertime. It's just so hot. But I've been fortunate. So, yeah. I guess your body acclimatizes. (laughs) To an extent, it does. It does. And then, of course, you just. But I don't know about you, but I, I quilt eight to 10 hours a day, every day. Oh, and wow. I, I just, even though I'm exhausted, because sometimes I'll do 12 hours and I'm oh, just wow. so okay. tired after that. And then I get up the next morning and I just want to get back to it. Yeah, it's, hey. it's an obsession. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, when you talk about uh, the patterns, do they all other, do they all start on pen and paper or is it done on a computer program? I do everything pen and paper and lots of erase, erase, erase <laughs> until I, I, I feel that I've got it right. And sometimes you get so surprised because you you design your patterns on the eighth, you know, you fold it in half, fold it in quarters, fold it in eighth. Um, and that's what you do with the fabric as well. So. As much as you may like the design you've drawn in the eighth, um, you really aren't going to know what it totally looks like 
unless you hold it up against a mirror, then you'll see it uh, at, at least in um, fourths rather than eighths. Uh, and I know nowadays uh, it, it, there's, I'm sure, a computer program. My Other people know it or know how to use it. I don't know. <laughs> so, so it's always a surprise <laughs> to see it when it fun. pulls out. <laughs> and so I've done that too. I've, I've drawn something and cut it out um, on a smaller piece of paper so I can fold it in eighths. And uh, when I opened it, I just went, no, this isn't working. <laughs> Before just, you invested all the time and energy. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least I didn't cut fabric out of it, right? Yes, you know, that's, true. That's, not, that's very expensive. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I know you mentioned earlier in the episode is, um, you know, if you're working on a larger project, like a queen size bed quilt, um, you would have to piece um you know, fabrics together to make a larger piece of fabric, which then you can then fold it into eights. Um, when it, this is a bit of a technical question, but when you join those two pieces of fabric, or maybe more than that, are you sewing them together with like a half inch uh, seam allowance or a quarter inch seam allowance? Um, my my seams usually turn out to be about a half an inch, but then I'll trim them because we usually trim the seams and then iron them open. So that ah. there's that one less <laughs> layer to quilt through <laughs> um, because I use a five ounce uh, batting, polyester batting. So that's probably, uh-huh. I don't know if the, it, 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 when I lived in Texas, it was not, the batting wasn't sold by the ounce. It was sold by the loft. So it was low yeah. loft, medium loft, mm-hmm. high loft. Um, so a five ounce would probably be a medium loft. Okay. That must oh, the texture must be amazing. Well, you want that you want that lift. You want yeah. the pop uh, uh, between um, the echo lines, and when you've got the pattern applique onto your background, you quilt in the ditch. You know, right next to the pattern, so that it oh. pops in itself. Oh, and then you can go onto your quilt lines. Um, Interesting, but you want oh, it so to stand out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you, how do you, do you pin based or spray or thread? No, no. Um, I, I pin it on the floor and my husband, okay. God bless him, has put little sliders on our couches and, and coffee oh, table. So everything gets pushed to the side because I live in a very yeah, yeah. small apartment. It's, it's mm. only a little over 500 square feet. So uh, I push the couches and the coffee table to the side, move the chairs and everything um, so I pin on my carpet in the living room and then I needle, needle based, I guess is what you call it. Um, you oh, know, and yeah. the stitches are about, I don't know, an, an inch, inch and a half. So it, I only have a small little dinette table. So I have to baste in, um, you know, I'll just start and then slide it down and do another section, slide it down and do another so section. So you, 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 you pin it just lightly first and then. You pin it pretty, pretty, um, pretty fully You because, well, you know, you don't want the pattern to move. I think one of right. the most uh, oh, uh, yeah. basic uh, rules of Hawaiian quilting is that uh, you adhere to the symmetry 
of the pattern mm-hmm. because you've done it in eighths. Mm. Once in a while, you'll do it in fourths, but for the most part, you're doing it in yeah. eighths. So you want each eighth to be a reflection of the other. So you don't wow. want five quilting lines <laughs> in this section <laughs> of the quilt, and down here you only have three. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. as as much as you can, keeping in mind that it is a a handmade product, you want it to be symmetrical. Yeah. Um, you want it to be equal. So do you find yourself throughout the process, like checking in to make sure that everything's staying symmetrical or? Uh, well, first of all, you trust your, your pinning. Okay. And, and that, that's another <laughs> thing. When, when you, there are two ways to get it as symmetrical as possible. And the first way is to uh, as you're cutting your pattern, you have it connected. You have each section of the pattern connected by what we call bridges. Okay. And okay. Uh, so like, say you have a leaf on this side of the pattern and and it's echoed on this side of the pattern, you would have a bridge of fabric um, holding it in place so that when you open the entire pattern, it's it's sort of held in place and uh, as equally apart as you can. The other way okay. is to cut your fabric, uh, cut your pattern out uh, as accurately as you can, so that you lay out your pattern and then you put mm-hmm. the rubbish back on, and oh. then all of a sudden you've got a whole quilt, a whole piece of fabric. Oh. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, you yeah, would, yeah. here's your pattern ah. and you fill that, um, you fill it all back in so that absent the actual cut lines, you would have a whole oh. cloth. Okay. And, and that's how you, that's a, to me, that's a harder way, but probably as accurate as you can get. And then can you kind of then, so if you hypothetically like, okay, so you end up using the inverse of what you've cut out and then whatever's left over from the inverse, can you then use that to create another quilt? Or am I, or am I getting it wrong? <laughs> I suppose you could. Yeah, because I'm like, well, what could. do you do with your scraps? Because you like when you're creating a pattern or when you're cutting out your fabric, you're folding it first into eighths and then you cut it out. Um, mm-hmm. So then I was like, well, then what happens to the scraps? Because you can't exactly reuse whatever you have, your remnants, because. Well, it just depends on the size. Yeah. You can. Okay. <laughs> you, okay. could make, you, could, you could make a pillow. Um, <laughs> part of my remnants always goes for the binding. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah. uh, and, mm. and, you know, <laughs> though I only make Hawaiian quilts, I have a couple of shelves of remnants because maybe one of these days I'll make a patchwork and <laughs> use it hey, up. But, <laughs> but um, I, uh, there are patterns, Hawaiian patterns that don't connect, I guess you'd say. But for the mm-hmm. most part, because you're cutting it in an eighth, they all connect. There's always mm. the, the, mm. like the center is the pico, yeah. which is your belly button. And it, it is the center of your of your quilt. And it's the center of this whole thing that is becoming. And so the, the entire pattern is connected. You don't 
for the most part in traditional quilting. You don't have uh, a pattern here and a pattern here and a pattern here and all that space in between. Mm -hmm. So getting back to what you asked is, is with the inverse portions, I suppose you could, but it would be cut pieces. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? In in some yeah, way, yeah. shape or form, it would be cut pieces. And uh, but I might try that on a pillow or something and see how <laughs> <that> <laughs> <works>. Here you go. <laughs> see what it I'm looks like. Ideas. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so for folks who are thinking about exploring Hawaiian quilting for the first time, do you have any like favorite resources that you like to recommend, whether it's a book or YouTube or something else? Um, well, I have belonged to the Poa Kalani Quilt Group since I moved back here 17 years ago. Uh, a wonderful family, the Sarau family. Um, as I've mentioned John before, he has since passed, but he left a legacy of oh, probably a thousand patterns in different shapes and sizes. Um, so I, I like John's pillow patterns. I like uh, Elizabeth Root. Uh, has published um, pillow patterns. I mean, you can find them everywhere on the internet. Um, I think Pacific Rim Quilting also has patterns. Uh, but and, and there are also, if you go to YouTube, uh, you can look up Sissy Sarau's uh, instructions on how to make um, a Hawaiian quilt pillow. Do you have any predictions for, you know, the future of Hawaiian quilts and quilting? I'm hopefully optimistic that the internet uh, will continue to uh, educate people about Hawaiian quilting. Um, We have a small community of Hawaiian quilters. And though there are a few, I'm just going by my group that I know very well, uh, the Poa Kalani group. A lot of us are, are getting older and there's only a few people to come and and um, younger people to, to start uh, doing a handcraft like this. Um, I, I love the fact that ladies come from the mainland and want to take our class and learn about Hawaiian quilting that way. Uh, but I think the internet has has helped tremendously. Uh, it certainly helped with my um, commission business. That's for sure. You know, so many of the quilts I make, I've never met the people. I never will meet the people. But you you sort of get to know them on the Internet, first of all. Um, but but that's how they found me. And I'm I'm very, very blessed and grateful for that. And most of those people are there from the mainland or are like, are yes, from for the, the most part, for the yeah. most part. Um mm. th- I've I've had uh, a good number of quilts that I've um, finished for people. Um, like I said before, grandma started it or whatever. Um, and that side of it is mostly local people. Right. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. once again, grandma knew how to ha- Hawaiian quilt, but they don't know how to Hawaiian quilt. But they want it finished because it's an heirloom. Um, mm. And that's always, I, I love doing that. I love to finish a quilt. So d- d- bring it full circle and let it do its job. 
And we hear that uh, your work will be featured in an upcoming exhibition in Oxford, England, in the summer of 2024. Could you tell us what we could expect in that upcoming show and uh, where is it held exactly so our listeners could go check it out if they're in the area? Well, I I don't have too many details, but from what I understand, um, it's going to be in, it's going to start June 11th of 2024 at the Pitt Rivers Museum in Oxford. I think it's close to Oxford University. We were, the Poa Kalani group was asked to donate 14 wall hangings. I, I think what they were at, they initially called Sissy and, and said, uh, can you donate something um, to express Hawaiian, you know, educate more people about Hawaiian quilting. And she says, well, we can't do that in just one quilt. <laughs> so, so about, about 14 of us um, uh, made different wall hangings. They're all 45 by 45 uh, and, and all, all of John's patterns. And, uh, the patterns are of different things that that are Im- important in Hawaii um, mm. uh, or, or representative, shall I say, of Hawaii. Um, and so the I don't exactly know how they're going to be displayed, but we're supposed to have um, an evening opening, which should be exciting, uh, on June 11th of 2024. A few of us are hoping to fly over there. Yeah, I was about to ask Ooh. that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's going to be a long haul. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it sounds like a very long trip. <laughs> well, if you stop over in New York, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, you yeah. know, you, you never know, but um, you never know. <laughs> I I'm looking forward to it, and I do hope that um, a lot of people come to see the quilts, and and uh, if we can just get one person interested, how exciting, you know. And in addition to that uh, exhibition, do you have any other fun projects on the horizon that you can share with our listeners? Absolutely. It was really um, a lot of fun. We A curator from the Boston Museum of Fine Art also um, got in touch with us and wanted awesome. just one quilt, a king-size quilt. To be made by it, not not our whole group, but um, they wanted it made by a group uh, of of quilters uh, as a you know like a community effort type thing, and we are going to well we we're the central motif will be John's ulu design his breadfruit design one of them, uh, and then um, I came up with the design for the lay or the border. And uh, another quilt girlfriend of ours, because uh, I, I just drew it probably for a 45 by 45. And then she uh, adjusted it so that it would fit a king size. And then Sissy came up with the idea of, of maybe putting uh, the different, because what I designed was I wanted all of the main Hawaiian islands to be represented. So... Uh, there's a rose for Maui and there's the lehua blossom for the big island and et cetera. So th- I designed it that way. And and some of the islands don't have a flower. They have like a, a, a nut 
or or a, a plant. And so that a couple of them w- will be stitched on uh, with that pearl cotton so that it stands out a bit. Uh, but all of the representations uh, and all of the colors of the different islands will be uh, sewn on or applied onto that border or that lay. And then the interior design, John's design, uh, will be green. So it'll be green on white and then all the colors on the outside in the lay. So that's going to be fun. And I, uh, we've, we've just finished, we've all taken turns and we've just finished, um, applying it. So now we're working on adding those colorful em- embellishments, uh, shall we say, uh, to the border. And then um, we'll start the quilting process. And will that be on display in Boston? Yes. According to Jennifer, anyway, the, the lady that called <laughs> us. Uh, and I think Sissy promised to have it to Boston by um, the end of 2024. So, okay. so we have we have a lot of time undertaking. Yeah, well, and I was so worried. I was so worried because yeah. I because I spend so much time quilting. Mm. I I don't how can I say this? I it it makes me nervous for something to go on for so long. <laughs> you know, because if I yeah. like this king yeah, size yeah. quilt I just made, um, it took me about three months. So, oh my gosh, it, wow. August, September, October. Yeah. And you're spending eight to 10 hours per day quilting. Mm-hmm. That, that's in three months. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, but that's, it's it. that's so, a lot. Yeah, well, yeah. I, if yeah. I, I've read a couple mm. of places and I actually did try to, to log my hours one time, mm. uh, but it takes, <laughs> it takes about a thousand hours to hand quilt, oh, wow, yeah. hand applique and hand quilt a Hawaiian quilt. And, uh, so you take that thousand hours and you, whether you quilt 10 hours a day or you quilt one hour a day, that's mm-hmm. how long it's going to take you to make the quilt a thousand yeah. hours. There's no wow. way to speed up that process. No. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't rush art. <laughs> exactly. You can't rush the creative process, right? No, no you can't. <laughs> Well, that's exciting. We'll have to keep an eye out for when it's up in Boston. I hope so. She says she has the the space for us uh, planned already. So um, I'm I'm really I'm excited about that. So on that exciting note, it is time to move on to our rapid fire quilty questions. Are you ready, Pat? (laughs) (laughs) Boy, we'll see. Wait, let me adjust. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Why do you take us away? (laughs) Okay. So what's your favorite time of day to quilt? If I had to choose, I'd say afternoon, but I quilt all day, so... (laughs) And I think we know the answer to this, but where is your favorite place to quilt? The corner of my couch. And do you wear shoes while sewing or and socks or slippers? No, no, no. All barefoot. While sewing, uh, music, Netflix, podcasts, or the sounds of silence in the background? I usually have true crime on. <laughs> on the TV. Uh, it's wonderful when it's football season because I'll have that going in the background. Once in a while, I'll have music. I always have music when I cut and pin. Mm-hmm. Uh, something soothing. 
And then when I baste, because basting is so boring, um, I usually have Michael Jackson on. Okay. Oh, yeah. Hey. Get, Whatever gets get you through basting. Yeah. Exactly. And do you have a favorite traditional Hawaiian quilt motif? I'd have to say Monstera. The Monstera leaf is my favorite. What sewing notion couldn't you live without? I, I, I'd have to say both my thimble and my needles. And what's your favorite part of the quilt making process? The finish. <laughs> Actually, no. I, choosing the pattern and then finishing the pattern. And I think we know the answer to this question too. What is your least favorite part of the quilt making process? Basting. Yes. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> and what's one bad quilting habit you wish you could give up? Needing to quilt every day. <laughs> That obsession. <laughs> hey. <laughs> and before we wrap today up, we've got just one more question for you. And that is, who are three accounts you think everyone should be following and why? Paul Kalani, of course. Uh, if you go to the Paul Kalani website, um, because John's patterns are beautiful and because Sissy uh, is such a great teacher uh, and, and it's such a wonderful group. Um I, I, but I, my daughter signed me up for Instagram several years ago. I, I, I don't follow that many people. A lot of people, uh, like I said, a lot of them are older or have, or have passed, um, that I know, um, like in our group, I'm the only one that does commissions. It, oh, okay. it, it's just, it, it's, it's amazing to me. But as far as people who have, um, been great quilters in the past, uh, I, Carol Kamile is one K-A-M-A-I-L-E. Uh, it, uh, there are also, um, there's a, on Facebook, there's a Facebook page called I Love Hawaiian Quilts. And um, oh. I post to that. And and a, a lot of old time quilters are on that as well. But there, there aren't that many who, to my knowledge, that are they're on the Internet and actively uh, making quilts or or there are, like I said, our class at Paul Kaleni. Um, and I think there's another class at the Queen Emma Summer Palace. Uh, and then there are some guilds uh, on the Big Island, uh, but it, it's just it, and there is the Hawaii Quilt Guild, but a lot of that is patchwork. Um, right, there's yeah, only a few ladies okay. who do Hawaiian quilts there, so oh, it's okay. it, it, it's few and far between. Well, we'll make sure to share those resources for folks who want to learn more. On that note, we need to wrap today up, and we hope that you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to contact any of us, you can most easily be found on our Instagram accounts. I'm at Broadcloth Studio. Wendy? I'm at the.weekendquilter. And Pat? I'm at Hawaiian Quilts by Pat. Or you can go to our podcast account at quilt.buzz or our website, quiltbuzzpodcast.com, for our previous episodes and updates on upcoming guests. If you enjoyed today's show, we hope that you subscribe to the podcast and tell your quilty friends about us too. And if you have a moment to share what you love, by writing a review on your podcast provider of choice, it would make our day. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. 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 Aloha. Bye.